Hello, welcome to the Radiate Podcast. We're here to connect, encourage, and empower you to radiate the message of Jesus to yourself, your neighbors, and the world. I'm your host, Steve Presswood. Today I'm on the phone with my Radiate Podcast guest, Andrew Nepler. Andrew, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Steve. Andrew is a recent graduate of OSU, and he now lives and works in Port Arthur, Texas. Beside that incredibly interesting tidbit, tell us some more about yourself, Andrew. (laughs) Yeah, um, I graduated from Oklahoma State in 2019. I studied chemical engineering, and now I am working as an environmental engineer at uh, the Valero Refinery here in Port Arthur. Some more interesting stuff about me, I guess, is I like to make music, really love spending time with people, and I've recently, in the last couple months, gotten into surfing and had a lot of fun with that. Where in the world do you surf in Texas? I surf, uh, it's a beach called Crystal Beach. It does not at all compare to the east or west coast of the United States, but uh, I'll take what I can get. Okay, so we're not talking about 15-foot waves here, right? Well, there's a hurricane coming in this weekend, or a tropical storm, and if I drove a couple hours, I could see some of those. <laughs> well, I was about to tell you that, that uh, this particular weekend could be a fantastic time if you want big surf. Surf's up, hurricane's in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But most of the time, I'm thinking that the uh, average surf is probably two feet, three feet, if you're lucky. Yeah. I've seen some five-foot waves, but <laughs> okay. uh, usually two to three, which plenty for me. I'm still a beginner. What fun. Well, if you could only take two foods with you for a two-week backpacking trip, and that was all you'd get to eat for the entire time, what would those two items be? Mm. We're assuming that you have plenty of water to drink. Okay, sweet. I also assume that I can carry everything that I want to. Oh, sure. You can carry as much of this stuff as you need. Sweet. I think the two foods that I would want would be PB&J, specifically with raspberry jelly. I don't think I could ever get tired of those. And El Salvadorian food called uh, pupusas. And just kind of like if you took meat and beans and cheese and you cooked it all into a tortilla. And it is amazing. I could eat that forever. It's so delicious. I knew that if I asked you this question, I'd get something that would be a total surprise to me. And you've, uh, you've come through. There you go. <laughs> I didn't expect that one. <laughs> pupusas, huh? Yeah. yeah. That's a new one for me. Andrew, you lived in the dorms for some time while you were here at OSU, and then I also know that you lived in an apartment for a while. Tell me some of the pros and cons of each of those those living situations. Uh, yeah. For the audience's context, I got to live in the dorm for three years while I was at OSU, and in a, a couple of different places, I got to be a CM for two of those years with Res Life. Uh, that was a ton of fun, and I lived off campus in an apartment my last year. But man... And Steve, I had a lot of fun all of those places. I really say for the dorms, some of the pros were, um, and it was just easy to meet people and to share my life. Tons of time to hang out. It was easy. If I got back from class, didn't have anything to do, all I had to do was walk down the hall and I could find somebody to spend time with. I also loved meeting people in the bathroom. <laughs> That's funny. The thing is that it, if I met a new person in my bathroom now, it'd be a very different situation. But yeah, it was just such a great time to get to invest my life and share life with people in a very easy way. I think in dorms, it is harder to be hospitable, a lot, especially when I was living in like Iba. If I wanted to bring somebody into my place and like cook them dinner or something, it was kind of like, hello, welcome to my bedroom. <laughs> we can sit down where I sleep. Yeah. Whereas 
one of the pros that I loved about having an apartment was it was really easy to invite people over and kind of have a comfortable neutral space to bring people into. And there were a, a number of times where we got to host people from out of town in one of our extra bedrooms. Mm. So that was really fun. I think a con of the apartment living was definitely much more isolated. In general, my experience with apartment living is my neighbors don't, they'll, they'll say hi, but they don't really care to know and to share their life with the people they live by, except for, except for a few specific instances. But for the most part, it was a lot easier and cost me less to get to invest in relationships while I was in the dorms. Yeah. Well, if you had a chance to do it all over again, and money were no object, often people are driven, I think, to make their choices about housing in school based on monetary constraints. It is expensive to live in the dorms. But if money were no object, what choice would you make for uh, where to live? Man, Steve, I really don't think I would change anything about what I got to do. Mm. I just had a blast living in the different types of on-campus housing that I got to be in. And being a CEM was just a great opportunity to get to care about people and interact with people that I would otherwise never cross paths with. Yeah, I really valued the different scenarios and relationships I got to have that I don't think I could imagine or achieve if I was trying to otherwise. Yeah, sure. Well, let's move to something else. So you've participated in our Navigator student group when you were here. Tell me some of your experiences being discipled as a student. Yeah, man, being discipled was one of the best things that uh, I got to do at college. So I met up with three different guys throughout college. My freshman year, I met up with a guy named Clay Newton, who was a senior in the NAVS at the time, and then another guy named Rook Jackson, who was in the BCM. And then Cameron Bird, I met with my sophomore through senior year. And I was just really blessed by each one of those guys. Nobody had ever shown me how to read the Bible by myself, or I'd never really prayed with people consistently about things. And getting walked through some of the fundamentals of how to have an active relationship with God was absolutely game-changing. And really, I came to college thinking, like, okay, I need to study engineering because I need to get a job because that's where my security and my purpose are in, and I get to follow God on the side. And getting invested in in a personal way was, it was just earth-shattering because I said, whoa, God doesn't just care about like what I do on Sunday mornings. God cares about my whole life and wants to use me and can do that in the workplace. And I can make disciples wherever I'm at. I don't have to work for a church because I can have an active relationship with God no matter what I'm doing. So getting to learn that was really freeing and really life-giving. Yeah, totally changed my outlook on on my life and on what God could use me for. So in general, that was kind of the the big lesson, really the thing that I got the most value out of when I was being discipled was getting to share life with those guys. Hmm. A lot of what discipleship looked like at college was meeting up once a week for an hour and a half. Maybe there's some agenda for the time of, hey, we're going to talk about this topic or um, we're going to walk around and pray for the hour and a half. And like, man, those were really, really valuable times that I got a lot out of. But the most helpful thing and the thing that really gave me lessons that I was able to walk away with and implement really actively in my life was when I got to just go run errands with one of the guys who was discipling me or go fix their car or hang out with them and their friends and get to see how they interacted. It was just sweet because it went from, okay, you care about my spiritual development and my walk with God to, all right, now I get to have my personal relationship with God and see a great example of somebody following the Lord and investing in people around them 
and I know that I can do it too, because this is a guy that I know his faults, I know his flaws and man, God still uses him. God can use me too. So there's a lot of normal stuff like that ended up being Hmm. really, really valuable and really fun. That multifaceted look at discipleship, I really like hearing from you. It's uh, right on the money. I think it is what is so powerful about discipleship. It's not just what is taught through what we say. It's also what we do. It's uh, the life. So recognizing that there is that multifaceted side to it, I know you learn some things by seeing their lives. Tell me some of what you remember was most meaningful to you that you got from any one or two or all three of those guys as uh, you discipled with them. So I met with Cameron Bird for three years. Throughout that time, he and his wife bought a house. They had a baby. He basically totally redid the inside of their house and a lot of the outside um, while they were living there. And so there were a lot of times where I would go over and Cameron would be soldering some pipes for their plumbing. And we, <laughs> while he was doing that, he would show me what he was doing and teach me how to do that. And then we would also talk about what was going on in my life and in his life. I got to learn some some technical skills from that, and that was really cool. But getting to see how he still loved and pursued his uh, his wife in the midst of having a ton of stuff going on, you know, wanting to intentionally invest his life with guys, wanting to do these major projects on his house, but still how he was sweet and caring and tried to give her as much comfort as he possibly could, even in the midst of the framing of their house showing all over the place because he's doing all sorts of stuff. Really getting to see Cameron love his wife well was something that man, was totally new to me. I mean, I had the example of my parents who did a great job raising me, but getting to step inside more of what the life of a really healthy, God-fearing married couple looked like, man, that was that was really special and I don't think something I could have gotten very many other places. Hmm. Now, you turned around after at least your first year, maybe your second year, and, and began to disciple other students Tell me about your experiences there. Yeah, that's really one of the joys of discipleship is and something that all the guys I met with did well is giving me the vision of it doesn't stop with me, that I get to join in on the fun, really, and get to be a part of what God is doing. Yes, I got to meet up with guys kind of from my sophomore year through the end of of school. A lot of it looked like kind of what I had seen before, where for the most part, it was meeting up every week getting to talk about important spiritual things, what's going on in our lives. Um, and then every now and then getting a fun opportunity to share, like, hey, I'm just going to go grab groceries. Like, will you come along with me kind of thing? And that was really fun. I think in general, one of the big things that I got to learn throughout college was that discipleship is not about me. And really that despite my best efforts, God is the one who gives the growth and that he's the one who gets the glory from discipleship. Hmm. Sometimes when... Like I got to see guys being really faithful and really obedient with the stuff that we had talked about or even things we hadn't directly talked about. I could tell, man, I'm just getting to be on the sidelines of getting to watch the awesome things that God is doing to work redemption in the world. Boy, was that fun. That was the, in general, big lesson. Um, so it started off me meeting up one-on-one and, and that was fun and effective. But um, my senior year, something something really fun and I think really valuable that I got to do was there were two different groups of guys I got to meet up with. There's me and two groups of four guys, including me. And what we would do is we would meet up together and we would just sit down and you know read through a chapter of one of the Gospels together and just ask some basic questions of like, 
okay, what does this teach us about who Jesus is? What does this teach us about who we are, who God is, and how are we going to respond to this? Really needing to show like, hey, the Bible is an approachable thing. God wants to teach you, and this is something that you can do. And just because I'm the one who initiated this doesn't make me more qualified than you. And pretty quickly got to turn the group over to, okay, we've been doing this for a couple of weeks, you know the format. Why don't you lead this? Why don't you take the helm? And man, whenever guys got ownership of what we were doing, they just totally ran with it. It was such a blessing to see how excited and how invested guys got in wanting to develop their relationship with God and prepare well to ask good questions and to care about the lives of these other guys whenever we met up. Because they knew this isn't just a group that I come to and then get to leave and my life's not affected. But they said, hey, I've got ownership in this. Other people are counting on me. And this is a lot of fun. I get to walk with God. That was really sweet. And then the other fun part of that was during the week, we would kind of split off in pairs. So we'd meet up once a week. And then later on, we'd say, hey, this is a lot of fun. You know, this has to go just beyond our time together because we have a lot of life outside of just sitting in a room together. <laughs> um, and so we would make sure to spend intentional time together. I think usually asking a couple of specific questions, getting to know the other people, building relationship outside of that time together. Man, it was so, so sweet to see the Lord work through those times where I didn't have to prepare anything. I wasn't even there, but God was using these guys who were going through the same stuff together to teach each other about who he was and about how he wanted us to live. That was just a blast and yet another reminder that like, hey, I'm not the one that changes hearts. God is. And um, I'm not the one that's attractive about discipleship, like the word of God and having a relationship in life with Jesus is. Yeah, getting to disciple guys in college was really some of the most fun and meaningful things I got to do while I was at Oklahoma State. Yeah, at the risk of marginalizing the thing that we do, we make sure that we give God the credit, and he deserves the credit. Paul said it himself, who among us is the big deal here? He said, I, Paul, planted and Apollos watered, but God caused the growth. Uh, but it is significant, nevertheless, that Paul planted and that Apollos watered, and so that God would allow, uh, like I like to say, cracked pots like us, <laughs> uh, flawed vessels, to be involved in this eternally significant process is phenomenal. I mean, sometimes I wonder to myself, what are you thinking, Lord? <laughs> and uh, he knows just what he's doing, that he should use uh, men like you and I to have an impact on others. It's his idea, and it's a good idea. Yeah. And it works. And it is, like you say, fun to be a part of that process and to see it in work. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Okay, so I think you've given me a little bit that answers this question, but I'm really looking for you to focus on maybe the really big picture view. What are you most encouraged by as you look back on your discipleship experiences, whether uh, it was the investment that uh, others did towards you or the things that you saw in those that you discipled? Man, that's a great question. I think... One of the big things I'm encouraged by is kind of what I talked about originally, God totally changing up my whole mindset about what my life was about and what he wanted to do with me, how he wanted to use me. I'm just really encouraged that we have a God who loves us and values us so highly that he meets us where we're at. He forgives our mistakes and our shortcomings because of the sacrifice of, of Christ, but he also has such a high standard for us because he wants to work through us and wants to use us to invest in others. So what I got to see in college really taught me and has continued to encourage me of the truth that, man, God loves us, that, you know, as we see in the Bible, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is the one that works through us, that 
God believes us, helps us, and wants us to be a part of this thing. It's not uh, unattainable, and it's not because of us. Yeah. It is. It's just a blessing to get to be a part of what God's doing. Great thoughts. I think also, uh, I'm just really encouraged by the vulnerability that I've gotten to see in guys, both that invested in me and that I invested in. That those are some of the some of the most meaningful times I got to meet up with with guys, especially when they were investing in me. Man, a lot of the times I meet up with Clay Rook or Cameron, they'd have an agenda of what we were going to do. And um, it seems like, man, these guys know everything that's going on. Like they are so prepared, like they've got all this wisdom. I can ask them about anything and they've got good answers. But the days where we met up and they were just hurting because something hard was going on in their life or they had to share this thing that they were not doing well or they were failing at um, and didn't, you know, they didn't have the story all wrapped up. Like there wasn't a nice resolution or an action point at the end of it. That was really incredible and really impactful to say, like, man, uh, the image of the world that the world gives me of being a man is one that I have to have it all together. But what these guys are showing me is that First Peter talks about where God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. Uh, man, I'm getting to see God give grace to these guys, and they're able to have peace and humility through this hard situation and trust in the Lord and trust me with this hard thing in their life. Those, those situations have really encouraged me in the value of vulnerability in my relationships, um, just in general, not even necessarily with discipleship and the the impact for the kingdom that that vulnerability can have and just the value that it shows other people when you're willing to open up to them like that. Thanks for sharing that. Really fun to hear. A uh, little bit different approach now, a little bit different question. What are a few of the biggest challenges you faced as you've moved from college life to real life, as we sometimes call it? Yeah. Thanks for asking. There have been plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I think something that, so I've been listening to the Radiate podcast and it's been a big encouragement to me to be reminded that, you know, there are other people out there who really want to give their lives to discipleship. I've gotten to develop a lot of relationships, meet a lot of, you know, people who, who know the Lord and who are really excited about church. But I I think I've only met one person who really even has an idea of the fact that God wants us to make disciples. Yeah, there's just not a lot, not a lot of people. I think partially because I live in the South and Christianity is very much a cultural thing here. There's not a lot of people that want to really give their life to the Lord and understand, you know, there's not fulfillment or security and provision in following anything else that um, we were created to to know him and to give up our lives for following him. Most people are really comfortable with just going to church. It's been really difficult. I've definitely noticed in my own mindset, it is easy in being around people who don't really care about or orient their lives around investing in others to notice a subtle shift in my mindset over time to where like, oh, I don't think I have to do that as much. I don't need to be as intentional about caring about others because um, I don't see anybody around me doing it. So I'm not reminded of its importance. Mm. That is just so far from the truth. <laughs> God's message to me and purpose for me hasn't changed. Yeah. But that's been difficult. And I think I just had no idea what the transition from college to to working life was going to be like. Everything was just so much slower than college with relationships, with time. And I think the first six months were were really hard, especially moving to a place where I didn't really have any community, didn't have a church, didn't really know what I was doing at my job. Uh, I came from college where I felt like I totally had an idea of what to do, how to do things well, what was going on, to a place where my inadequacies were shown to me every single day. <laughs> and 
everything was slow. So I couldn't change anything about it very quickly at all. But man, I, even though it was really difficult, I thank the Lord so much for that time because really I had a lot of pride in having the answers and the change that I thought people needed with discipleship and how I could go change the world. And I think that idealism is good in some regards, but man, my experience with people is that people don't want my answers. <laughs> they don't want the change that I think needs to be brought to the table. Um, they want to be known and cared for. And so the the slowness and the pain of the transition out of college really taught me to rejoice and be thankful for the good things and the successes that God gave me and to slow down and to be humble in my relationships, to listen and to care for others more than the agenda that I brought to the table. Wow, Andrew, it is really good to hear your thoughts today. Love for us to spend more time. Maybe we'll just have to invite you to a future podcast, but let's call this one a wrap. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts with us and the podcast audience today. Really been good to spend time with you. Thanks so much, Steve. I really appreciate the podcast and uh, how you continue to invest in the lives of others. All right. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Radiate. You can continue to listen wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect to us online at osunavs.org and on Instagram at osunavs. See you next time. And until then, keep radiating the message of Jesus.